HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking organization. Not mise en place or keeping your knives in a row, but labor organizing. If any restaurant worker is listening to this and is like, yes, I want something different, but I don't know where to start. First step they just need to do is to find one of us and get plugged in. As independent contractors, they can't directly tell people, you know, when or, or where to work, but by using sort of gamified nudges to push people, that is sort of how they um, move the workforce around. Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber. Welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today, I'm sharing Michael's tips for being a great host. That includes how to prepare when more people than you expected arrive at the door and how to clean up efficiently after they leave. I want to tell you a story about an idea Michael had about a dinner party. My wife and I had invited a group of friends to join us for dinner, and I casually mentioned it to Michael one day while we were in the studio. He looked at me and with that glint of whimsy in his eye, he said, want to have some fun? Well, how could I say no? But with Michael Davenport, you had to be cautious. I said, so what are you thinking? And he said, whatever you're preparing, make sure it's finger food and don't have any utensils on your table and see how your guests respond. But don't make it the usual finger foods like hot dogs or chips or burgers. Make it fun. So... Cautiously, I mentioned it to my wife, and to my surprise, she thought it might be something fun to try. But the challenge was what to make. It couldn't be traditional finger food, and it needed to be edible with just your hands. So after trying to come up with something, we ended up making enchiladas with tortillas. Well, it was a lot more messy than we thought, but after the enchiladas had cooled off enough to eat, 
It turned out to be fun. The interesting thing was my friend Bob said, it must be another one of your shameless chef ideas. And that's exactly what it was. One of the handiest things to know in the cookery department is how to add lib. How to repair hollandaise sauce when it goes suddenly and unexpected curdly. How to correct the fact that you've put a whole shaker of salt in something that only calls for a pinch. This is The Shameless Chef. Let's talk about that little kitchen emergency, sudden company and not enough food. I once encountered an old family adage called FHB. The initials stand for Family Hold Back. When the family was sitting down to dinner and the doorbell rang, the guests were greeted and, in the finest tradition of hospitality, asked to share the prepared meal. Some member of the family would mutter out the side of his mouth, FHB, family hold back so that there will be enough food to go around. (laughs) Well, today, that tradition is probably not highly honored. We tend, with jocular urbanity, to say, oh, we'd like to ask you to dinner, but there isn't enough. Well, somewhere in between FHB and too bad is a middle ground of hospitality that requires a little ad-libbing in the kitchen to make a meal for four stretch to twice that number. Or maybe the addition of just one more makes serving difficult when you only have four pork chops. Well, here are some tips. One, garbage salad. Make a big salad and clean out the refrigerator at the same time by throwing almost any leftover you've got into a lot of lettuce and make a splendid dressing. After all, in restaurants, they call it chef salad. Two, take those four pork chops, cut them up, add a lot of gravy uh, and either biscuits or toast points, and serve them on it. Not terribly exciting, but it will stretch, particularly if you add some wine to the gravy and a dash more of tarragon. Hmm? Another stretcher is soup. Expand whatever you have with another can of soup. A little more water, a lot more French bread, and with that you can feed a crowd. In the case of stews, add more vegetables, canned or frozen. And four, if you have the kind of household that welcomes sudden guests, or you have several members who are always dragging someone home, be a little prepared with some staples on hand. Uh, Noodles, soup, vegetables, as stated, canned or frozen. And oh yes, tomato sauce. It has saved me many an embarrassment. Michael A. Davenport here, and I say with unexpected company, don't panic, don't FHB, stretch and ad-lib. Cheers. This is The Shameless Chef. Let's go limping down memory lane for a moment. When I was growing up, we had a wonderful neighbor lady. She was a fabulous cook. She was generous to a fault. Several times a week, she'd be counted on to appear at our back door holding something covered with a crisp white napkin. Her name was Mrs. Polcock, and she had one reprehensible fault. Mrs. Polcock, and that isn't really her name, I made that up. Mrs. Polcock really was a sensational cook. No angel cake was as light and cloud-like as hers. No toll house cookies so rich and crunchy. No coleslaw as savory and garden crisp. You could never fault Mrs. Polcock's cooking, nor her generosity, but as I say, she had one major fault. When you would heap opulent compliments on her, she seemed to go into an emotional decline. You could almost see her burying her toe in the carpet and twisting her fingers as she said, Well, it should have been better, but I'm afraid there was no fresh butter for the batter or, you know, some such excuse. 
I always wondered that if Mrs. Polcock was so apologetic about her cooking, why did she appear smiling at our back door to share the fruits of her oven with us? Now, I'm sure that psychiatrists, amateur and otherwise, could give me all manner of answers to that question, utilizing terms like self-denigration and the need for assurance and sibling insecurity and such, and I really don't care about Mrs. Polcock's psyche. Her cooking was a knockout, let me tell you. Today, my life is riddled with Mrs. Polcock's. I don't really believe that it's because my misguided friends consider me a food authority, but they're always stuck dumb with kitchen fright whenever they serve me anything. I I think it's some sort of a strange, uh, spontaneous, and contagious mental disease, some twist of the head that tells people they have to apologize for something they've cooked. Those bells. If you don't think it's good, don't serve it. And the converse is true. If you do a pre-sale, tell your guests that they're about to taste the world's most spectacular chili. They'll believe you, whether it's true or not. And better still, don't say anything. Serve it and take your chances with the critical comments. If your guests don't appreciate you, don't invite them back. This is Michael A. Davenport, the shameless chef. And you, Mrs. Polcock, keep your mouth shut. Or keep your apple pan dowdy to yourself. Ciao. We'll be right back after a short break. My name is Brandon Hoy co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Welcome back to The Shameless Chef. This is The Shameless Chef. I am probably, without question, the laziest cook in the world. For that reason, I simplify recipes, not to the point of losing their character, but merely to save myself work and worry. I refuse to agonize in the kitchen, and because I'm lazy, I'm neat. And here's how that incongruity works. Scenario number one. The dinner party is over. Your guests have tottered out well-fed into the night. Your husband, wife, consort, roommate, lover, choose one of the above, turns to you with a smile and says, I cooked, honey, you clean, that's the order. And you confront a kitchen that looks like the bomb hit the pot and kettle factory. Another scenario. You are not only the cook, you are also the chief bottle washer. So you stumble into the kitchen after the dinner party. Your stomach is full, your metabolism is slowed down. You may be a little tipsy. And there it is, the disaster area. You can either go to bed and face it all tomorrow like Scarlet, or set a match to the whole mess, or clean it up to the accompaniment of much groaning and the air made blue with obscenity. But there is an alternative. Now, when I say I'm a neat and tidy cook, I say it because I am lazy, not your paragon of virtue. I've learned not to have to play out either of those two scenarios. And how do I manage it? Well, I wish I could say that I have three and help, but I don't. I simply clean up as I go along cooking. You know, a lot of time in the kitchen is spent waiting. You wait for something to boil, to bake, to simmer, to blaze, etc. So while those moments of waiting go on, they can be utilized by cleaning up the utensil I've just dirtied and put it away now and I don't have to face it later. Lazy. See? It's a strange thing occurs in the kitchen. Gremlins, probably. But soft and silky gravy left in the pan during dinner turns as hard as the pan. Further, nothing is more reprehensible than things that are cold and greasy. Worse, far worse, the next morning, with a hangover. 
So why don't you join me in this self-indulgence called kitchen laziness. You won't get a neatness award because neatness doesn't count. I'm Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef. Shameless, among other reasons, because I am unashamedly lazy. Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.